to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself There must be simply something strangely sacred in salt. It is in our tears and in the sea. Khalil Gibran. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Andrea Smith, and I'm your host for today's show. Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are so thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for outreach programs. And make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. And today we have an amazing show planned for you today all about my favorite oceans and connections. In segment two, I will be interviewing Michelle Welch, author of The Magic of Connections. In segment three, I will be talking about my favorite things to do out at sea. And right now, I will be sharing with you why it is so important to protect our oceans. So let's get right into it. So ever since I was a little girl, I've always been drawn to the ocean, whether it be due to its mystical presence, its infinite size, or its deep blue waters dazzling underneath the sun. And every time I return to the sea, it never fails to wash me with the overwhelming sense of wonder and beauty again. And it simply, it just never gets And I can't put into words the way I feel when 
I'm surfing on a wave or on a kayak out in the middle of the ocean. But the best I can do is say that it leaves me so revitalized with a renewed sense of clarity and peace. The ocean is my safe haven from school, drama, stress, basically all the troubles I encounter in my day-to-day life. And yet, for far too long, I had no idea how big of a role the oceans played in the sustainability of our earth and our home. A few weeks ago, I watched a documentary on Netflix, which I highly recommend that you watch. It's called Seaspiracy, and it really opened my eyes to the reality of what's happening right now with our oceans, specifically to the extent of how greatly we are damaging it. And I know what you may be thinking that, oh, you've read an article about it or you've heard statistics about climate change and sea waters rising and all that kind of thing. And I have too. And I feel like I've read about and been told many times about how harmful human activity has been on our ecosystems in the past decades. That if we don't change our ways now, then our destruction will be irreversible by the year 2050. And the statistics were and are alarming, yet it never really hit me. I think the best way to put it is that it just felt really distant, that there's nothing I can do about it and someone somewhere will take care of it for me. And as much as I hate to admit it, I was so blatantly ignorant to how real this whole situation is. When I watched the documentary, it hit me that human greed has taken precedence in the realm of international politics and business, leaving environmental sustainability and saving our ecosystem simply a buzzword on an Instagram post. To put it straight, the documentary was everything I didn't want to hear. I lived my life thinking that if I just avoid the problem, stop reading about it, stop hearing about it, it'll simply go away. But watching the documentary made me realize that I was so, so, so wrong. Um, And so with that, I wanted to share with you today about how big of a role oceans play in the sustainability of our world and why we should care. Because as much as we want to hide from it, this is a problem we can no longer run from, but instead need to face head on together before it's too late. So to start off, oceans take off, it take up 72% of our earth. And that really shocked me. It still does because it feels like the land on our earth is so vast but that's only like 28 percent of our earth and so in comparison that's just a third of what the oceans are on our earth and it provides over half of the world's oxygen 
and absorbs 50 times more carbon dioxide than our atmosphere. It is home to over 230,000 species, and scientists predict that there are up to 2 million species that we don't know about yet that live in the ocean, as 80% of it remains unexplored. The ocean provides so much more than just seafood. It is our lifeline and it's theirs. More than 3 billion people depend on the ocean as their primary source of protein. And 350 million people worldwide have jobs linked to the ocean. More than 60% of the world's population lives on or near the coast. So the ocean provides livelihood, recreation, beauty, wonder, and untapped scientific discovery, leading to new medications, foods, and advanced technologies. Everyone, everywhere depends on the ocean. Yet, even with our enormous dependency on the health of our oceans, only 2% of our oceans are protected. And in perspective, 12% of our lands are protected. In the past decades, we have lost 90% of the big fish in the sea. Tuna, swordfish, halibut, cod, and flounder populations have been devastated by overfishing. The average size of the remaining big fish has been cut in half or less in the last 50 years. The average weight of a swordfish caught today is 90 pounds, down from 266 pounds in 1960. Not only that, but discarded plastics have formed a toxic plastic soup that is gathering in five massive ocean series around the world. As the plastic breaks down, it is eaten by sea animals causing illness and death. And it eventually enters our diets too, seeing our huge reliance on fish in our own diet. There are a reported 405 ocean dead zones, areas where there is little to no oxygen due to fertilizer runoff and nitrogen pollution. Dead zones are doubling every 10 years. And in addition, coral reefs have declined by 20%, a staple to biodiversity in our marine ecosystems. And... You might think to yourself, what happens if we keep avoiding the problem? Is it something that's really going to change and affect my life in the next few decades? And the answer is yes. Many popular seafood species will likely be wiped out within 40 years with current fishing practices. Unless we change our rate of consumption we're within a century, possibly even less, of a world where jellyfish are the only wild seafood option left. And that is a statistic that really hit home for me, that it's just so devastating to think 
that our human greed is causing the death of hundreds of thousands of species living in our marine ecosystems. The ocean is at a tipping point. Oceanographer Sylvia Earle says that our actions over the next 10 years will determine the state of the ocean for the next 10,000 years. So yes, our actions right now are so critical. And I think that is so important that we all now take action together because if we just keep on waiting for someone to do it for us, it's just simply never going to happen. So some things that you can do right now to help is attend beach cleanups, consume less fish, eat sustainable seafood, reduce your use of plastics, and spread awareness about the topic to your friends and contact local government leaders on changing environmental laws in your area and explore and love the ocean. Um, for me, watching, I highly recommend watching the documentary Sea Spiracy because it really shows and illustrates very well what is happening right now with the fishing industry and how much of an impact that is causing on our oceans and then also in climate change and all and weather patterns and all this chain effect that is causing that is happening due to that and so um with that that is i'm out of time for this segment and so I really encourage you to go watch Seaspiracy and to really learn more about our oceans and explore the oceans because it is so integral to our life and to our well-being and to the sustainability of our Earth. Please show your love for more segments by donating on btsya.org and keep listening for more as I interview Michelle Welch in the next segment. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Andrea Smith, and today's show revolves around 
the ocean and connections. In this segment, I'm so excited to be interviewing Michelle Welch, the author of The Magic of Connections. Michelle Welch is a graduate of Texas A&M University with a degree in management, Baylor Law School with a Juris Doctorate, and is pursuing a doctorate in philosophy. She is the owner and founder of Soultopia Academy, owner of Soultopia Holistic Boutique, and host of Soul What Podcast. Her own life transformation from successful attorney to passionately assisting others on their life path gives her unique perspective and insight. She utilizes entrepreneurial skills extensive community service work, and years of experience in mentoring and teaching law school to help others reach their full potential. As a psychic medium, medical intuitive, and energy worker, Michelle specializes in helping people gain clarity, discover their soul's purpose, overcome trauma, and claim self-empowerment. She is an ordained minister, Reiki master and teacher, and a crystal healer and master and teacher. Her book, The Magic of Connection, Stop Cutting Cords and Transform Negative Energy to Live an Empowered Life, was released January 2021 by Lewin Worldwide Publishing. And as a reformed attorney, she decided to pursue her sole purpose and is passionate about her calling to assist others in gaining clarity and self-empowerment. In intuitive and healing sessions, Michelle receives clear messages for you and has a direct yet compassionate form of delivery. As an empath and clairvend, she utilizes modality matching to determine the best tools suited to meet her clients' desires or needs. She is also available for intuitive sessions and healing sessions at Soultopia, as seen on CBS News, Inside Edition, Coast to Coast, Good Morning Texas, The Morning After, and The Jenny McCarthy Show. We are so excited to have you on the show, Michelle. Welcome to Express Yourself. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to be interviewing you today. So let's get right into it. So when did you first know you had psychic and intuitive abilities? Growing up in Texas, it must have been a bit daunting for you to come out with them in the Bible Belt. It kind of was. I grew up in a very... Uh, let's call it uh, strict and very kind, but very regimented religious family, which is just great. And nothing against that to anyone who is in a very strict, structured family of a certain belief system. But uh, that belief system did not include something that we might call being an intuitive or a psychic. In that belief system, it would be called being maybe the gift of prophecy or the gift of discernment, but it certainly wouldn't include uh, mediumship, 
uh, talking to those who've passed or even seeing those who've passed. And I saw things like that from the age of whenever I can remember. I don't know, maybe four or five. And so the first time it really happened was in church. And people would be singing about angels. We'd be singing Heart the Herald Angels Sing, and I'd be pointing to things in church that I could see. And very surprised when other people were like not seeing what I was seeing. And so, and I think that happens to a lot of young children. And because I think everyone's intuitive, everyone has certain gifts that we bring into the world. We all have gifts, but we have certain let's call psychic, even though that sort of has a bad connotation, gifts that we bring in, sort of, I call them clairs. So we either see or hear things and, and maybe have imaginary friends that might be our spirit guides. And, and they kind of get talked out of us or taught out of us. So it was a young age, and it was a little bit hard in the Bible Belt because those things were not talked about because you had to use a certain vernacular uh, for those to be talked about. So I changed my vernacular to the gift of prophecy and discernment, or if, if I knew something or I was told something, I would say, I have a gift from the Lord for you, or I have a gift from God for you. And that's how we would talk about it in my church. So that's how I kind of reconciled what happened at a very young age to me and did that for a long time. Wow, that is so fascinating. I feel like I can relate to that because I also am in a very Catholic family and I go to a Catholic school and I feel like um, like other religions and like psychic abilities and that kind of thing is never talked about. And so I find that really interesting. And I also find really interesting that you were a trial attorney and that you started to help with jury selection and consulted with other attorneys and even judges on cases using your psychic abilities, which is quite unusual for a lawyer. So how did you go from being a left-brained attorney to being a psychic reader and medical intuitive? And was that a difficult transition? I thought it would be, it's a great question. I thought it would be really difficult, right? I thought people are going to think I'm crazy. What I didn't realize is they already thought I was crazy (laughs) in a funny way. Um, My judge friends, my attorney friends, and I had a lot of them because I had, I'm about to have three Soltopia stores and I had three law firms. And so, but through my whole career, and I did pretty much every aspect of law that you can do, except for become a judge, which who knows, I still may do that. But I was uh, on criminal defense. I was on, uh, I prosecuted, I did civil litigation. I did uh, defense and uh, the, you know, both sides of that, um, Uh, of the civil side, you know, of petition and defense side of that. So I did pretty much and worked at the court of appeals. So I thought, oh, wow, I'm really smart. I graduated really early from A&M, went on to Baylor Law School, got out of there and just was trying cases, you know, court of appeals and trying cases and picking juries for people. And I thought, oh, wow, I'm just, 
I know how to pick these juries like nobody's business. And people were calling me down the hall to help them pick their, their juries. And then I was helping other lawyers kind of on their cases. And then I realized, that's okay. I might be smart a little bit, but I'm also just using my intuition. I'm using not just body language, but I have a little bit of an unfair advantage here because I can really get into the psyche of what's going on. I can tell if a a juror likes a certain lawyer. I can tell if they don't like that lawyer. And, And so that was interesting. So I was able to use it and I can use it on cases, although I can't talk about that a lot uh, because they don't, you can't put that on your resume really, so to speak, the cases that you work on, uh, but they're very interesting. And as far as it being hard, the I remember picking a jury one time and all of a sudden I just started looking off into the distance, like away from the jury. And they all looked into the distance like, okay, what are we looking at? What is this strange bird lawyer going to show us off in the distance? It must be, it's going to be really, really interesting. It happened to another judge in the court. And then I looked back at them and I looked at the judge and she was like, are you with us or not? And then when I finally one day explained to her, yeah, I saw something in the courtroom and it had something to do with one of the jurors. She goes, now I get you. When you finally explained to me who you are and kind of what goes on with you, you make so much more sense. I wish you told me that a long time ago. So <laughs> she thought it was kind of funny. And she, we, they, they didn't really think I was crazy in a bad way at all. They were almost relieved to know it was something that they could understand. Wow. That's so cool. And like, are your intuitions always correct? Not always. No, uh, actually there have been times I'll tell you when they're wrong. It's kind of like being a lawyer. Um, those of you who, anyone who wants to become a lawyer, they teach you on cross-examination, not to answer, not to ask one question too many. It's like you have, you see them on TV, you know, you've got that client, that guy on the stand, girl, guy on the stand backed into a corner, right? You've got them right where you want them. And then you go one question too far, and they wiggle out of it. Well, that's what happens with intuition. If you're reading and say, I get a hit, I call it an intuitive hit, and I get, you know, there's something about a house, and I see that it has a white picket fence. I'm just making this up. I see that it has a white picket fence. And, well, maybe that's the house you're going to get. And then that last part. I went one step too far because I said, maybe, and I put my own interpretation on it. And that's when my intuition goes wrong because I'm putting my perception, my filter of experience on that, as opposed to just seeing what my intuition showed me or told me in my third eye or my mind's eye. I should have just left it at. I see a house with a white picket fence. What does that mean to you? Or just left it at that. And that's when the mistake is made. Oh, that makes sense. And is it, and it seems difficult to kind of separate, or it would seem difficult to, you know, separate your own opinion with your intuition. And do you find that that's like something that you struggled with? I did. A lot 
as a younger, and I don't mean age-wise, but a younger reader, actually as a young, 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 let's say reader or psychic or whatever, intuitive, whatever you want to call it, they have no filter. So they just, you know, you're five or six and you just say it like it is. And that's all you say. You know, I see a bird on your head and there's no bird on somebody's head, but they totally get that. They're like, yeah, oh, earlier bird hit my head and she's seeing that, you know, like a post-cognitive experience. But it, it's, um, it, it's the more experience in delivering a message, the better you get at not adding, not trying to tie it up with a nice little neat bow. You just give the intuitive message that you get instead of adding your own. It's an example is this symbolism. What uh, a dog may mean to me may mean something very different to somebody that maybe has been bitten by a dog. Maybe I love dogs, but maybe somebody else has just been bitten by a dog. And I see a, a beautiful, fluffy, certain type of big dog coming. And I say, oh, there's this beautiful dog. And I put my opinion on it. Again, I learned the more I have experience not to put my opinion on that. So yes, at first for younger people, I think they want to put their interpretation on it. You really just have to give what you see or however you receive that information. Oh, that makes sense. And so do you think that there are ways to become better at not putting your opinion on your intuition, like ways you can practice that? A hundred percent. You take classes at Soultopia or online or at other good qualified places. And if somebody can't afford classes, there are all kinds of like we have YouTube videos, things like that, or just practice by, you know, looking at with with a friend and saying, all right, I'm going to see if I get a message and and then I'm just going to give only what I get, and I'm going to take out, just not not add, I'm not going to extrapolate or try to explain this away. A lot of us, we want to answer the unanswered question. We want to tie their life up and their whole, the person's life up with a neat, you know, like I said, that neat bow. And maybe that's not our place to do it. Maybe we're just supposed to plant the seed. So practice. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. And you mentioned Soultopia, and I was wondering what inspired you to open Soultopia, your metaphysical and holistic store in Dallas. So we started with just bracelets, believe it or not, just calming me down. They're almost like mala beads, but they're, of course, not 108 beads uh, that would just calm me down. They're, they were, I didn't like wearing bracelets, so I made them stretch. Uh, this was years ago, uh, maybe 10 years ago, nine, I'm not sure. And I would just, just, I liked crystals and, but I couldn't carry them all around. So I wanted to wear them. And then that grew and I channeled those for different things like animals or for archangels or for whatever somebody might believe or for healing. And then I put those cards on them. We started selling them, and then it turned into a store called Soultopia. And like I said, now we're op about to open our third. Yeah. Wow, that is so amazing. And as an energy worker, you've said 
that people are like sponges and that we exchange and absorb one another's energies and that this can cause problems. How can people be more aware of this happening and protect themselves from taking on other people's issues? So there's a variety of ways, but to the really the shortest version is to be aware, number one, that we all are, everything is energy, everything, not just people. And so even the ocean, you know, we, we feel the environment. Some of us feel that deeply. We feel a tree. We lean into the energy of a friend who's maybe sad. The best way is to know our own energy first. What do I feel at today, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, before I go into school, before I go into a meeting? How, what is my energy? I do an energy scan. It's in my book. Every time before I go into something important or even into a store or into a Zoom meeting. And then I know, is that my energy or is that your energy? And then we can also use tools such as whatever we like, crystals, herbs essential oils, if we like cards, if we like um, like essential oils, olfactory sense is, is a huge, because that's where all our memories are stored, really with our scent, sense of smell. So we can use all kinds of our, our guides, like spirit guides or archangels, if we like to work with those, or patron saints. And I list all of those di- different things in the book. Until eventually we can learn to manage and mind that energy just on our own without necessarily always having the tool to rely on. But a lot of times, and when we can use things like imagining a bubble, like in the show Wicked, which I've seen, I don't know, 10 times because I took a lot of groups to to New York back in the day, <laughs> um, high school groups of like 50 people. And we'd go see that show Wicked and Glenda the Good would come down in that bubble of protection. She'd come down on the stage and that seriously, that bubble of protection, if you can visualize that around you for harsher energies, you might need something stronger, like a suit of armor on, but those can get tiring. And so then we can use other tools like the crystals and things like that for protection. Yes, I know that for me, whenever I go into the ocean, I feel a deep connection to it. And the energy, I feel like the energy from the ocean, like really clears my mind. And you mentioned that you mentioned crystals and you work a lot with crystals. What makes them so powerful? And what are some crystals for transmitting energies? So, The reason they're really powerful, the shortest way to explain it is that we have what's called entropy. Humans do. We have chaos. Entropy is chaos. We go up and down. We ebb and flow. Uh, Crystals have a set internal structure. They, even if we break them, that internal structure doesn't change. So we tend to entrain to that internal structure, that, that fixed dominant oscillatory rate. Because everything's moving, but it's fixed. Even though it's moving, it's fixed. And the ones, um, I think you said which crystal. I love using a black tourmaline because it absorbs negativity or whatever we need it to absorb. And it deflects it and it will transmute. So it is great for transmuting energy. And I believe we can do that as humans, but the black tourmaline is a great place to start. And um, how... And what like tools and techniques do you recommend 
to help us protect from energies that can be harmful to us. Okay, so, you know, we all come at at life from such different ways, you know, such different personalities. And uh, if, if if we are someone who I would call a highly sensitive person or an empath, I think we need stronger tools. And again, that, that energy scan and all the exercises in my book, uh, I would recommend all of those. Uh, but so whichever one somebody needs the most at that time, let's say they have a lot of conditioned beliefs. They've been told things through the years. One of mine that I was told was, you know, you're just really bad at math. And uh, I was also told you're really bad at technology. Uh, you just, you know, you just stay away from this. You're not good at it. And so those are conditioned beliefs. And so then we can unpack those and put some other tools in their place. And those are really helpful to to reprogram ourselves, so to speak, and replace those belief systems with things that better serve us. So those are, I, I used to think affirmations were a little corny uh, back in the day when I was younger. And now they really do help me because I find myself, you know, words have energy. They have power. They're, they're energy beings just like we are. And so I try to use stronger, and it's a struggle for me, but stronger words. And I believe those words are very protective too. Wow, that is so interesting. Thank you so much, Michelle. Unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but I absolutely loved our conversation today. You have so much wisdom, and I love talking to you about um, about energy and crystals and your life story. So please be sure to check out Michelle's book, The Magic of Connection, and listen to her podcast, Soul What at Soul What Soultopia, which airs live on Tuesdays on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Facebook. Be sure to also follow her on Facebook at Soul What Soultopia and on Instagram at Soultopia. And finally, check out her website at www.mysoultopia.com and www.michellewelch.com. Keep listening for more as I continue our conversation about connections and the ocean in the next segment. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens 
Welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about oceans and connections. And in this final segment, I will be sharing with you some of my favorites and how to spend the day out at the beach. So in the first segment, I was talking about ways how um, you can protect the oceans right now. And one of them I mentioned is to explore and love the ocean because I feel like when you really get to explore its beauty, then you will be more empowered to protect it. So with summer coming up and, um, and with COVID getting better each day with cases going down, I feel like the beach and spending time in the ocean is the best way to spend this summer of 2021. And so the number one thing that I love doing at the beach and spending the day there is absorbing the sunshine and getting tan and absorbing the energy from the ocean and the sun. We talked in the last segment all about energies and transmitting energies. And I truly feel like the ocean has such a strong and grounding energy and um, being in the ocean's presence, for me, I just feel so calm and I feel at peace with myself. And I feel like I have a lot more clarity about different situations that my head may be wrapped around upon at that time. And um, and water specifics, I personally love going kayaking in the ocean. So you can either rent a kayak or buy a kayak. My dad got one off of Amazon during COVID and we definitely love bringing it to um, Balboa, Newport Beach in California. And me and my friend, we love just kayaking out to the middle of the ocean or like pretty far out from shore and just sitting there and just really absorbing the energy from the ocean, being under the sun, and just relaxing. And I feel like that's just the best way to relax. And it's just so therapeutic for my mind. And it's also amazing exercise for your body, for your arms, your upper back, your core. So if you definitely want to get fit this summer and that's one of your goals, I highly suggest kayaking. And while you're out kayaking, I also strongly suggest snorkeling. I love going snorkeling. I feel like when I was younger, I used to always be scared of what was underneath the ocean. But as I've gotten older and I've gone snorkeling more often, it really made me appreciate how amazing the life underwater is and how beautiful it is. So I strongly recommend that, especially in the summer, the water will be nice and warm and the water will hopefully be clear and you can get to see fish and the underwater sea life that is just so amazing and so beautiful to see. I also highly recommend surfing this summer. If you haven't ever surfed. It's something that's really easy to pick up relatively quickly. And um, if you have been surfing, if you've gone surfing before but haven't been in a long time, I encourage you to go out more frequently this summer 
because surfing is a great way to stay in shape and again, to be connected with the ocean and with the energy of the ocean. It has helped me whenever I'm super stressed at school or with friends or whatever is going on. I go surfing Sunday morning and I feel revitalized for the rest of my day. And I feel super in shape because surfing is such a hard workout. It works your entire body and I guarantee the next day you will be very sore. But it is so worth it because um, you feel so much better after exercising And I guarantee that you'll have a lot more clarity on anything that you might be stressing about. And another thing that is super fun to do in the ocean that I, that me and my best friend kind of invented is called inflatable rafting. So what we did is we bought a $30 inflatable raft off of Amazon. And so you would go to the beach and pump it with a manual hand pump. And, um, and then you would go out with two paddles and you bring a friend. And again, it's such a fun way to be out in the ocean. And it's so relaxing because you lay on the raft and it's super comfortable and you can just take a nice nap under the sunshine in the ocean and it's so therapeutic very relaxing and I just think it's a super fun adventure to go on with your friends with your family me and my dad sometimes go occasionally and it's super fun we always laugh about it afterwards and it's definitely I've made some memories doing it that I'll never forget um but, and also, if you're into swimming, I highly recommend doing open water swimming out in the ocean. There's different um, events, especially here where I live in Orange County. They have Shark Fest, Alcatraz. Those are all pretty famous um, open water, rough water swim events that you can sign up for. And Again, it's a great way to stay in shape, keep healthy, exercising, especially during the pandemic. And it's super fun. So if you're into swimming, I highly recommend that. I personally do the Seal Beach Open Water Swim and Shark Fest in San Diego every single year with my dad. And it's such a bonding experience for us. But anyways, with all of that, I hope you realize that in spending time out at sea, that the oceans are something that are very much worth fighting for since it does so much for us and it is our duty and job to protect it. But unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, be the star you are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. And thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge, huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Protect our oceans and connect with your soul. And as always, remember to speak up, speak out, 
and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself go. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens.